Welcome to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, your home for everything related to marathon canoe racing. Now, it's time to get your paddles wet with your hosts, Kevin Olson and Bill Mahaffey. Take it away, boys. Welcome back, canoe racing fans. I'm Kevin Olson, your host, along with my co-host, Bill Mahaffey. How are we doing today, Bill? Oh, we are doing great. Back on the air, talking canoe. How are you doing today, sir? I am doing great. And, you know, we have uh, just a, a whopper of a show today, I would, I would call it. We are doing our – this is basically our post-season show. But what we did is we brought back Rebecca and the Statsman Ryan Matthews are both on the show today. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Doing great also. And so we have a special episode for you guys today. We are going to be discussing the top paddlers to watch out for for next season. But before we uh, do that, let's uh, let's chit chat i know bill just moved into his house so now bill you live down by the river tell us a little bit about the house <laughs> I, I do i can no longer use the excuse of guys it's just too hard to go train because the river is like 154 feet away from my front door it's um absolutely spectacular at this point going very slow still getting everything set up organized i'm literally sitting in the dark in my old house because the wi-fi still works over here waiting for the internet over there but i got my home gym set up and started lifting weights feeling good like yeah man it's pretty sweet i live on the asable so have you uh since you've moved and since you've been fully moved into the house have you paddled I have not. Shame on me, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Shame on me. I, Full confession, I have not did a thing in – it'll be two weeks tomorrow. My brother came up from Chicago. He was like, hey, dude, let's pre-ride the Iceman course. Now, he has been training hard for Iceman. He's ridden like 22, 2300 miles, something like that. I've been on my bike a grand total of 200 miles. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. So he gets a late start. He shows up about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon. And I'm like, bro, we're not going to make it. By the time we go f- drive to Kalkaska, ride to Traverse City, oh, no, we'll make it. We'll be okay. We'll be okay. Well, as you can imagine, with stops and chit-chats and stuff like that, we did the last, like, seven miles of the Iceman course in pitch black. It was, yeah, with... With sunglasses on, mind you, because, hey, I can't see you without prescription glasses. And, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I left my regular glasses. It was it was an adventure. Let's put it that way. Now, when is Iceman? It is the first Saturday of November. So it is. He, he's going to have a great race. As always, I'll be cheering for uh, Jordan Wakeley to win the entire thing. I have decided that this year I am doing shots and taking beers wherever possible throughout the 30-mile <laughs> ride. It'll be a blast. Nice. Can't beat that. Yeah, how about you, Kevin? Have you been paddling much? Uh, I've been getting out there. I'm like just about ready to start uh, training for, for next season. So my wife and kids have been gone this week. So I had like a basically like a mini a mini training camp for myself and been able to get out in the water five times since they've been gone. So that was nice uh, change of pace. But I was actually able to get out and get into 
an outrigger canoe for the first time ever, like an OC6. So I met up with John Edwards and his crew. Man, those are those are a trip. Those are a lot of fun to paddle. I definitely suggest it if you ever get the chance. Yeah, I, I kind of want to check one out at some point, Junction. So I do. It uh, they, they're running them up in Traverse Bay right now. They've got a, I think they've got two of them, and I've been invited over there to paddle with that group a few different times. It seems pretty spectacular. Now, Rebecca, you have did the Catalina Crossings race before, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've done that four times. I haven't. I haven't steered yet. Um, that's on my list. I, w- I would love to steer a team across at some point. Yeah, it's the OC6 is super fun. I mean, it, the the team stuff is just, it's a, I, you know, we paddle in teams of two all the time, but just to be on the bigger team is just a nice change of pace. And it's definitely something everyone should try one. Yeah, for sure. It was I, where we paddled is around Treasure Island. So basically in St. Pete down here in Florida, about an hour away from where I live. And so you go around the island. So then we're probably two hours into the paddle after doing, because this is their workout. I'm, you know, there just to have fun. And they're working out. This is a pretty good substantial paddle. We're, you know, in it two hours. And then we're going through underneath the, the bridge. And all of a sudden the wave from the gulf started coming over. And man, they're, oh, it's just so cool hitting these huge waves and like not having any fears because you're like, this boat ain't going anywhere, but it rocks. And so, yeah, so that was, that was, a, that was a lot of fun. And then just going along the coast and, you know, all the people are out there, you know, vacationing, you know, cheering and getting, they're getting drunk and <laughs> like, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Now, what did you use for a paddle when you were in that OC6, man? Did you, I know that there's a little something out there. Did you use it or did you use an outrigger paddle? No, I did not bring my brand new paddle out, uh, for that. I, I, I brought a paddle out, but then, uh, because I was steering, uh, John had a steering blade. Basically, he's, he's used, uh, regular, uh, paddles too, but basically instead of, having you know like a 12 degree bend it had like maybe like a four or five degree bend on it and so and it's a larger blade and it was paddle it was a it was a zav but it was like uh repaired probably about five times so like the thickness around the bot like the the neck of the, <laughs> the paddle it felt like a club even though it was probably one of the lighter outrigger paddles <laughs> but yeah so that was interesting because how you steer it is, you know, how he was teaching me how to steer it was basically doing draws and being way out, lean way out away from it, and then stick it, stick it in and use a rudder. And so to do that, your top hand has to really be over top of the other hand. Uh, otherwise, you don't get that, you don't get a good rudder. And so th- if you had a 12 degree, you would really have to be way out there because you'd have to overcompensate for that that 12 that 12 degree angle on the shaft. So that's why he suggested using the not using a regular a regular paddle. But w- with that being said, I did get a brand new paddle here in the last week and man, this is this thing is a nice looking paddle. Gene and GRB, they they have they've been experimenting with they have colored carbon. So like the last iteration of their paddle was the carbon Kevlar, the color which had the color in the the Kevlar. But now they found a different supplier, which is it totes is being all carbon. And so this paddle came in 
50-inch paddle and 9.5 ounces. So lighter than their regular. The regular one's around 10, maybe maybe 10 and a half, that size. And so it was lighter, and it's like a it's red, but it's like it looks black, but if you it like shines when you like rotate it in the light. And man, it just has one of like a coolest look to it. But it finishes a lot better than the than the carbon Kevlar ones they had, and it's it's a beaut to paddle. I've, I've used it a couple times, but. So yeah, that was that was that was quite quite nice. Interesting, man. Interesting. And then uh, a quick shout out to all the dragon boaters that came down to my neck of the woods a couple weekends ago. Dragon Boat Nationals was at Nathan Benderson Park, which is about 25 minute drive uh, from where I live. And so I went down and watched some of the 500 uh, meter races that were there on uh, Saturday and. One of the paddlers we're going to talk about today was there. Did quite well in, throughout the no, weekend. That that paddler wouldn't be on anybody's list. I don't know who you're talking about, man. <laughs> Another guy was down. Greg Lowry was also down here. And I didn't even know he was down here until after the fact. I start seeing him post pictures. I'm like, hey, I didn't know you were there. I live 25 minutes away. <laughs> so... Yeah, so so that was pretty cool. I've never seen Dragon Boat, so that that's pretty interesting. That's taking it up a notch from you know the Outrigger too. You know, talk about team chemistry. When you have teams that big, you got to have a lot of chemistry to to make a boat move, and and they're they're hauling it. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Why don't we get into the real reason we're here tonight? Let's start talking about the people to look out for in the next season. Basically, what we did is we, uh, all four of us, have compiled a list of our top picks of people that we think that you should be looking out for in the next season. Now, the reasons we're going to go over our all the people, we're not going to double. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to go through we're gonna talk about different people we're not gonna double talk about them we're just gonna have a kind of a little bit of a conversation on each of them the reason why and and kind of describe the reason why they're on each of our lists and so yeah so does anyone have anything else they want to talk about about the the whole premise of the show before we get started on the actual list so we each chose 10 in no particular order except i think we each picked like a top pick um so that's why we don't have more paddlers <laughs> there's always <laughs> yeah. like we each have a list of like 10 people that didn't make our 10 <laughs> it, it was um, yeah it was really hard but it was tough. down to 10 <laughs> it was i i was at first when they when we when we decided to do 10 i was like man 10 is gonna be tough and then I start doing, I'm like, but what about this person? What about this person? So, yeah, but we, we figured we wouldn't want to bore you with four hours of a podcast. So we, we tried to limit it as much as possible. Even yeah. though that we know that there's some of you out there that would listen to four hours. Great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting watching everyone build their lists. And, and I'd see someone on another, another person's list knowing that we'd get a chance to talk about them. So I'd. I'd include someone else on my list just so we could have more people to talk about. Yeah, you guys are right. Like, narrowing it down to 10 was extremely tough. All right, well, let's get into it. I'll, I will uh, start us off. First person we're going to talk about, Mike Davis. The reason Mike is on my list is 
I think he's been on the cusp for a long time now. I think he is due, and I think he's motivated. So I think he's just someone that you're going to, even though he's always been at the top for a while now, I think that he still has that potential to, to win a big one. That's the reason why he's on my list. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And he's had really strong showings the last several years, and he, he seems poised to me to be taking that next step into the consistent podium finishes and or championships. Yeah, I mean, when you look at his record, especially like just at the other races other than just the Triple Crown races, he just has he has one of the best records out there. He, he's always going to be in contention no matter who he's who he's paired up with and especially if in the c1 yeah if we talk about I, c1 guys i mean he he's i don't know I, <laughs> you know what i mean I, it's, I, I think in in terms of the sport too you have to keep in mind that mike young right in, in the right? grand scheme of things he hasn't even really hit his you know we, his best years may be in front of him yet which is scary to think about in terms of where he is now and where he could be in the next three to five years or sooner, for sure. I know for me, like, I'm super biased, obviously. No, <laughs> no. So I tried my very best to leave out, like, the guys that are, like, close and gals that are very closest to me for my list, um, just because I know I can't judge them accurately. But Mike is by far one of the strongest people I've ever paddled with, and his knowledge of of like how to paddle bow well. Um, He's so skilled. So I always, part of the hard part about being a bow is there are a lot of guys that can go pretty good up there and there's only a few stern guys that are really at that top, top level. But his his skills in the bow are almost unmatched. I mean, there there aren't many that can really control the boat and understand how, he actually reads the rivers better than I do, which is unusual for me to find in a partner but anyway i'll get off my soapbox there mike's great (laughs) (laughs) all right let's uh let's let's keep moving on ryan you're gonna give us the next one yeah i had uh diana jurowitz on my list i've been i've been watching her in some mcra races and she comes to some of the paddling clinics here in oscoda and Every time I see her paddle, it seems like she's learned something new and she's she just gets better and better. And she's just soaking up all all the knowledge people are giving her. And she's she's really uh, impressed me. And I also had Diana on my list. She's kind of taken this last year to, like Ryan said, soak everything up like a sponge. She's done every single C1 race, I believe, all the C2 races too, and the MCRA circuit because she's preparing to do the ensemble next year and she wants to be you know ready and not only finish but in it to uh, compete to the best of her ability and it's just super inspiring to see someone um, take that kind of uh, approach to preparing for the big race yeah that's that's great um does she have a partner picked out for the ensemble yet do you guys know or, or last i talked Last I talked to her, she didn't yet, um, but I know she's she's aggressively looking, and she should get a good one because she's put in the time. Something to think about for for listeners out there. Rebecca, you got the next one. Yeah, so I have a, and if I mess names up, I'm really sorry to everybody. <laughs> um, my my pick was uh, Renault Fajul, and he 
is, I believe, 15, did his first classic this year with his dad. Um, they had a, actually a really good race. I, I don't know position, finishing position. Maybe they don't feel like they did. Maybe they do. They were 21st, but pretty much day one and three, they were with Sylvie and I the whole whole way. I believe they beat us on day three. Um, but they flipped on day two at the start when the waves were crazy and then just kind of had to grind back up there. But that's an incredibly difficult race um, for anyone starting out. And uh, they hung in there really tough. Uh, he's super skilled in the stern and, you know, is just soaking it up back there. And uh, that's one thing they do at the Classique. They recognize those kind of uh, the youngest paddler to finish. And the people on that trophy, many, many, many of them are now champions. So uh, I look forward to see what he does in the future with his paddling career. But it looks like it started off pretty well. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's always interesting uh with the with the youngins, um, uh, you know, teenagers and, and and people in that age group, because a lot of times they don't have um, they one of the hardest parts for them is is uh, with the mental side of the sport, especially with a, a race like the Classic. That's three days that you have to string together. Uh, I remember, you know, just doing the 90 for three days. It it gets consecutively, it gets harder consecutive days. And I can only imagine how tough it was for them uh, tipping and day two and then and then rebounding. So that, that has to say something about his character too, um, for them to have the composure and to, and to come back and, and keep. So I, I'd agree. I don't, I've, I'm not familiar with them, but just from the little that I've heard, it sounds like we definitely should be looking out for him. Absolutely. All right, Ryan, you got the next one. Yeah, the the next one on my list was Doug Dahlman. Um, mainly, um, he had the the largest improvement position wise for the marathon from his previous race to uh, this year's race. You know, he 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 picked up forty six positions, um, which is uncanny. And yeah. having talked to him at at some other MCR race mcra races this year uh, especially at mayo and just seeing how much knowledge that he's gained um since his first marathon in 2019 i think good you know things good things are coming for him you know he had 18th place finish in the marathon this year i i can see him finishing better than that in the future yeah that's awesome yeah, Doug, Doug has really made leaps and bounds. Um, I'm not going to share the story of how we met Doug Dahlman the first time, but I will say that it it re- resulted in me calling my wife to like, hey, we need a, like a pickup off the side of the river in the middle of winter paddling. Um, most people would have hung it up at that point, not Doug Dahlman. And this guy has gotten better every time he gets in the boat. He's like a sponge. He's a perfect example of someone who paddles with the right people and listens to develop the better habits. I, I think you're absolutely correct. It, it, the best for him is yet to come. He'll, he'll top that 18th, so he will. How, how long has Doug been in the sport? Do we know this? I think I know. he might have gotten involved in 2018, but... The first yeah. I remember seeing his name on race results is 2019. Okay. No, I, I, I'm thinking back. I almost think it was 
winter of 18 or winter of 19 the first time he got a race boat it 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 wasn't very long ago in the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. yeah that's not um one of my uh mentors of paddling uh you know told me that takes at least three years three years to develop the, the 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 skill at least um to be competitive, to be competitive at the level that he's already being competitive at. So, yeah, no, and I know Doug's a listener to the show too. So if you're out there, Doug, we love you, man. Yeah. And uh, forward to the best to come, dude. So, yeah. The next person on the list, I know he's a listener too. So, um, I had was uh, LJ Bourgeois. Is that how you say his last name? I, Bourgeois. 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 Yep. Bourgeois. <laughs> um. LJ is one of those guys that man, I've been watching him progress over the the, the past years, um, and he's one of those like slow and steady, but he's made some like really impressive uh, improvements in my eyes. Um, and I remember paddling with him uh, this year, uh, you know, in the marathon for for some of it, and man, he was just. He was a uh, he was a beast up there, and uh, I think that he he still has room to grow uh, into that beastness. So I think we're we're definitely going to see more out of him next year. Also, got to give him a shout out for uh, doing what he's doing with the the um, getting new people into the sport down in the Ascota area. Yeah, I had LJ on my list as well. Um, between the the lower ensemble canoe club i think is what it's called um he's been doing a really great job getting new people into the sport in that in that club i i see several several people from that club being um future marathon paddlers future canoe racers and and more than just the marathon but um at the same time, you know the last several seasons i've seen how much he's been focusing on you know getting his weight down and and adding muscle and and learning how to read the river and learning how to work the bow. And he's been trying to learn how to do the stern too. And, you know, in case he has to, and uh, he keeps getting faster every year and, and it won't be long before we see him in the top 30, I think. Full full confession. Like after his marathon this year, I straight up propositioned him. I was like, Hey, I think it's time like reunion tour, right? You know, you want to, uh, <laughs> he, he's just a great all around dude. And he, he works so hard at this sport. Um, yeah, his top 40 moment is coming there. There's no doubt about that. He will break top 40 in the marathon. So. He, was, he was running top 40 for a good chunk of this year's marathon. Oh, yeah. so I, I completely agree. Yep, yep, for sure. They just had, they just needed a couple, him and, and, and Nikki just needed a couple things to go their way, you know, and they would have been there this year. Um, you know, just, we all have those races sometimes that, you know, things don't go according to plan. So, but, but again, they, they, they overcame those obstacles and still, still did a great job finishing and everything. So, um, yeah so okay bill i'm gonna go with uh garrett garner here and uh, like this is a pure snap add to the list right when you get a flash look at somebody and you go "Ooh, there's some potential um as we talked about earlier in the show 
I now live on the Upper Asabel. Uh, my my favorite stretch to paddle on the planet is from my house down to the steps at Canoe Camp and back. Like that's that's my home water. Um, so when you see somebody move like Garrett moved in the Spike C1 race, it kind of opens your eyes because I've paddled that water with some of the best in the sport training. Um, your Matt Gabriel's guys like that. Um, as far as the locals, Matt, Jason, Kyle Stonehouse now knows that stretch very well. Mo knows that stretch very well. Um, and I watched Garrett even after he tipped and I went, Ooh, this kid is going to be fast. Um, without a doubt, I, I would like to see a C1 race between him and LJ and Rebecca's next member on the list because i think all three of them are right in the same general area in the c1 and it'd be a good showdown i can actually vouch that they are because i've raced all three of them in the c1 and they're all like right behind me um garrett is he is an honorable mention on my list only because Bill put him on his list and I was like, oh, I can mention somebody else. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's super impressive just starting out. I think he just started out this year. Maybe he did like the last race of 2020. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's awesome to see someone that that's that athletically gifted and then also just kind of is getting a feel for the boat right off the bat. Um, I do think that starting Stern sometimes helps you. And then this year he, he raced Stern. So you kind of pick that up a little faster maybe. Um, but again, I'm biased as a mainly Stern paddler. <laughs> <laughs> um, his, how is he like, is he newer to the sport? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with him. So, um, yeah, very new to the sport. As Rebecca mentioned, he may have raced with the Cornelli kid. I think they did the like one or two of the COVID races last year. Uh, but he, he doesn't have a ton of experience, right? So to do what he's doing where he's at right now, like you were stating, Kevin, it it really takes three years. This I would consider this year one for him. Like, yeah. where's he going from here? Right. Yep. Great. I love that's what I love about this episode that we're doing right now. Um, just to kind of give a, a note is that there are a lot of uh, names on this list that I'm not familiar with. So um, I think that that speaks for hopefully hopefully the the, the sport is growing. So with, yeah. with with that note, let's let's continue on. <laughs> yeah. So my next pick was Derek Ferry. Uh, he's one of the Michigan guys. Maybe a lot of people don't know him, uh, but he is in any race he does, he can be like very competitive and he doesn't do a ton. Um, hopefully he'll, we'll get him out more, uh, this next year. Cause I know he just bought a new C1. Um, but basically I'm fighting it out with him in every C1 race now that he's doing. And, Ryan and I, I'll throw Ryan under the bus with this, but I'm pretty sure like if someone's consistently finishing around me in the C1, like they're definitely capable of like a top 30 marathon. Um, probably a lot of them do better than that. Um, so it's just really fun to see someone else out there racing that maybe isn't totally new. I know he's paddled a few years. Bill's paddled against him quite a bit, um, but it's just fun to see him to me moving up and kind of catching my eye and 
how he's how he's moving and hopefully we're going to get him out for quite a few more races next year yeah a- absolutely Derek needs to race the entire circuit next year he needs to uh, uh I'm just gonna uh, and I've told him this before he needs to do the marathon right uh he needs to start triple crown racing maybe if he doesn't want to go the distance to the 120 somebody can get him out to New York for the General Clinton uh, but Man, th- this is a guy that's fast, right? All three of those guys are very fast in the C1. All right. Now, let's keep on moving around, along. The next, uh, Ryan, you have our, our next person on our list. And the next one on my list was Greg Zofi out of Minnesota. Um, he's one of three paddlers who, in their last five marathons, has finished better or at the same position. Um you know, his first marathon, he was he finished 80th. You know, in 2016, it was at 74th, and then this year a 30th. So, you know, definitely some serious improvement. Uh, the last several years included. Um, I've talked with several uh, Minnesota paddlers who have come for um, other uh, races in Michigan, and and they all say that he's definitely one that to keep an eye on because uh, he's a strong paddler and, and he knows how to get the best out of his partners. Yeah. He, uh, I had Greg on the, on my list as well. Um, and really it <laughs> opened my eyes when uh, back in the summer we were, we were chit-chatting and uh, we were talking about who has had the biggest improvement in the uh, marathon and uh, trying to quantify that. And, and he was on the list. And when I was looking at it, I'm like, man, there's not that many other people that have done what he's done. But, you know, coming from, you know, 80th position and then all the way up to, you know, 30th. Um, that is, you're moving past a lot of people. If you're just taking like that as a, in a single race, that's fifth. That's what, you know, what, 100 people. <laughs> you've, yeah, you've, math, math is hard. We don't do yeah. math here. <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah so you know that's a that's a hundred people faster you know what i mean in 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 a terms like that so um i gotta give you know my hat tips off to him and uh i'm i'm just uh excited to see uh him him rise through the ranks even further all right um the next one we have on the list uh is I had was uh, Christophe Marchand. I think that's I. I'm horrible. With no, you did a you did a great job with that. Right or wrong, we'll take it, man. <laughs> and uh, he is um, a newer paddler from Canada. That um, what was he like? Second in the classic? I don't. Re- he was third. up there. Third. Okay. He was uh, third this year, but I remember. Uh, watching him basically come out of nowhere last year. And I'm like, cause you know, I'm, I'm good friends with, uh, Christophe crew and, uh, and me and Chris, you know, chit chat and stuff. So I'm always looking for him, you know, when I look at Canadian results and then I, I see this other Christophe and I'm like, I'm like, who is this? And at first he was like placing so well, I'm like, man, is that, did, is it, just a different, you know, like, is this something different? And this is actually Chris, but no, it wasn't. So, um, since then I've always looked for him and, and he has done extremely well. And, uh, we've kind of chatted about, he was, uh, talked about on a couple of our, uh, 
previous episodes. Um, but I think that he's going to be one of those guys that we're talking about in the in the in the in the very tippity top of the of the of the paddling scene. I, I would agree with that. He's on my list as well. And this is another one of those like full confession, snap judgment, Bill Reed's results. Who the crap is this guy? He's on the list. You don't take third in the classique without making the list. Thus, I've got him on there, man. It'll be very interesting to watch what he does and what he does for races in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at it, you know, the past two years are, you know, with their COVID year. So, um, really haven't been, you know, he really hasn't had the opportunity probably to paddle on any really big races yet. So, I mean, not, not the classic being big, but you know, yeah, there, he couldn't come to yeah. the other triple crown. Yeah. Right. I think, um, just being up there, all the, all the guys in Quebec said he worked really hard to make that big jump this year. And um, it is interesting, you know, as that the partner dance was going on for Classique, um, those guys, I would say there were five or six guys who were going to race that were like the top, top teams. And every single one of those top guys I talked to was interested in racing with with Christoph. So when it uh, all shook out, he ended up with Sam Frione, but uh, which is obviously like an awesome partner. Yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> he, he definitely earned his stripes there to, to, to land that. Um, everyone was super impressed with, with how he moved up this year. Right. Rebecca, you got so, Yeah, one. I guess I'll, I'll take the next one. Um, this, I put West Dean on my list. Um, I feel like I've known West forever. Um, not really, but it's, I always forget that he's like younger than, than I am just because I've been watching him paddle for so long. Uh, and it really impresses me how every year after, I don't know, he's done seven or eight marathons, but he always seems to make a, a improvement and keep improving. And usually after, let's say four or five years, like you, you still definitely make improvements, but it's hard to make that next big jump up. And he just seems to be able to do it every single year. Uh, so I'm excited to see um, what he's going to do in 2022. Uh, really nice guy. So that always helps to you root for the nice guys. Um, but I think he's got a lot of potential, um, obviously athletically super gifted being in the second place in the ensemble. But um, one of the things I know that he's been talking about and some of his partners have been talking about is to, to win a triple crown, you've got to do the triple crown. So I'm interested to see what he does with that, that advice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. Wes is on my list as well. Uh, I, I love Wes, man. He is fantastic. I was pulling for him to win the marathon full confession because he told me, he's like, Hey, if I win the marathon, we're going to run it back. You and me, we're going to do Mayo again. Cause I did Mayo with him one year. He, he got me out of a little bit of a funk. Wes has not stopped progressing. Like you just said, Rebecca, he just keeps getting better and better and better. I, he hasn't peaked yet. What do you think it is that keeps him improving every year? Well, <laughs> I think a lot of it is, you know, he's to some extent he's grown into his body a little bit. He started so young that I think it sometimes takes a while to, to catch up. 
Um, then I think too, just constantly, you know, getting out with better people and, and choosing partners that had the same goals that he did. Um, so not only was he moving up, going with some more experienced guys, but when he was racing with guys that were his age, that ones that were also really hungry. And I think he does have a really just good natural feel for how the boat moves. And that makes it easy for him to find like a good glide with somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, looking at his his stats right now. Uh, he's another one of them that just every year he's gotten better, a better position. And, uh, you know, his first finish was 55th and this year it was second. And, and, and his next finish will be for his Iron Paddler Award. So he's he's gotten a lot of experience since his first race at age 16. And he's still he's still young, right? You, you yeah. still look at him, and he's still he's he's still the baby dean kid, right? Yeah, it, he's 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 only twenty six, maybe twenty seven. I I can't remember off the top. Yeah, of my I head. think he's. I believe he's twenty six. But yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, having nine races under your belt and improving with every single one. I mean, most of us are lucky if we can get through nine races without dropping. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah that's yep. the reality of it yep, yep. <sighs> that's uh yeah it'll be it'll be interesting because there's there are a lot of these young crop like Wes uh that have have gotten all the way up to that top level now so um it's almost like a new conversation than if you if you look at the standings five years ago they were they were whole different uh group of people and so now the question is how long is this crop going to you know because there there, there's multiple things you have to think about when you think about the sport is you know yeah the ability levels there but you know he's been paddling for 10 years not saying that he's gonna you know peter out at any point but but sometimes life gets you know like you know, you, you have kids, you know, family life goes, you know, gets going. So it'll be interesting to see how long some of these guys uh, are, you know, stay up at the very te- top of the top echelon of the sport. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm going to take the next one. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue my uh, wooing of Maria Schilling, so to speak. She is definitely on my list. I, I think you have to put her on the list who to watch for in 2022 just on the basis that, Hey, whoever she goes with sets an age bracket record at the Asable. How exciting is that? Now to her, it may not be a big deal, but the rest of us are sitting here going, Hmm, who does she take in 2022 that <laughs> does the same thing? Right. And she's also a great person, a heck of an athlete and a hard worker, uh, it'd be very interesting to see her in the, you know, in one of the major paddling hubs. We don't think of Minnesota as a major paddling hub, even though they come every year and they get faster and faster and faster. We, we think of the Quebec group and the Michigan group and the New York group and the Texas group. Nobody really talks about Minnesota. And between Greg Zofi and Maria Schilling, there's two of them on the list to watch. And they're both very worthy. And I will push back on that a little bit, Bill. Like, Minnesota is like an OG paddling hub. (laughs) But right now, they're kind of having, like, a resurgence. There's a lot of really good paddlers out there, Maria absolutely being one of them. Um, 
it's really exciting to see her come every year and, and race in the Triple Crown, um, but also just in their local races over there. Uh, they do a lot to really encourage their women paddlers uh, with one of the races they do, not every year, um, but it's a women's round robin where all the women sign up and you rotate between partners and you kind of see whoever has the lowest overall time um, is deemed the winner. So if they race with 20 people, they, you know, the best time after 20 heats. Um, and Maria is always super competitive in that. She organizes a lot of events over there and helps keep that association running. So I think she's an excellent pick, even though she didn't make my list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but hopefully for your sake, Bill, she, she takes you up on all this wooing. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not next year. I won't be ready next year. Not next year. It's the year after 2023. For what it's worth about Minnesota paddlers, we've had, um, more years of Minnesota paddlers in the marathon than any state but Michigan. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, it's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about different Minnesota paddlers that, uh, um, you know, I was planning to do uh, the 2020 uh, marathon with a Minnesota paddler, Dana Henry. And uh, now that I, kind of look out for the Minnesota people. I'm like, it, it, they, they definitely have a, a good, a good solid crew of paddlers. And I think you're, I think you're right, uh, Rebecca, that there, there is being a bit of a resurgence there. So. Yeah. And I, I definitely think so, but I haven't made it out there to race yet. So that's, that's on my list too, is to get over there to race. And another place I haven't been to race is Texas, which is where my next paddler is from. And I think she's on a few lists. Mm -hmm. um, I have Cecily Boogie is next on my list. I almost didn't put her on because I feel like this is a too close to home. Um, for those of you who don't know, she's dating Danny Medina. And Danny lived with me for two years. So he's pretty much family. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Cecily is absolutely amazing she's super young um has done i think she's 21 she's done the water safari since she was 15 um has had all top 15 finishes which would be like that's kind of what they consider is like people who are really like placing there not just finishing um so that's a that's a big deal uh, she never paddled a C2 until she started dating Danny, which I think was two years ago. Um, always did larger team boats. I guess she, she paddled a unlimited with her, like an unlimited C2 with her dad, um, a little bit, but had never really raced C2 much before that. And, uh, she's just jumped in with both feet and, Wow, she's a smart paddler, a really strong paddler, which a lot of women take a long time to develop paddling strength, but she's got it. And I can't wait to see what she does next year racing. Um, the last few years, she's just been racing more and more. And uh, I, I had an opportunity to race with her this spring, and she's really good. <laughs> so anyway, I'll let someone else talk. <laughs> she was on my list as well. I only saw her paddle here in Michigan in July, but she she was definitely fun to watch and, and just you could tell she has a desire for paddling. And Cecily was hands down the paddler I heard the most about this year 
and that includes the people who won the, the marathon and won, you know, uh, the Classique. I, I heard more questions and more comments about Cecily than I did any other paddler this year. So it, it's definitely a good sign for her future. I uh, didn't have her specifically on my list. I have a bracket, I guess, of Texas ladies. Um, I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. There was like nine or ten of them that came up and did the marathon this year. It really made a strong impression. And, and Cecily specifically was one of them. So I had the chance to jump in the boat with her for the marathon sprint practice, like just to see the the course, right? Um, she went the bow, I went in the stern in my gillies. And my first impression was, holy crap, I can feel her power in the front of the boat. Um, like. I don't know, you you guys probably know this and have felt this, but not everybody you get in the boat with, you can actually, like, feel it. And with her, I was like, ooh, I got to step it up because she's got a lot of pop. Um, I also distinctly remember the moment, like, we were going up to do the marathon buoy turn in the practice there. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. We're going to swim. All right, cross. And I have her cross. And we're the Gillies, mind you, which is not exactly the stablest thing on the planet. And she is like rock solid stable, just nails it. It was the most perfect marathon buoy turn I've ever had with anybody. Sounds like you should add her to your list, Bill. <laughs> like your, your list for partners, not she's, she's, people. No, yeah, no. She's, she's, she's on the list, right? But how do you, like, do you, yeah, I should just proposition all of Texas, but. Yeah, she's, like, way too good for me. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, I mean, uh, kind of uh, uh, jumping off from, from that, we'll keep it on uh, Texas women. Um, next one I had on my list was uh, uh, Lydia... Uh, I haven't, I'm going <laughs> to, Lydia, just, go, just go with H. Pronounce. Yeah. Why did you pick the people that you can't pronounce their last names? Lydia? Heels um, camp, I think is Hules how camp? you say it. Heels camp. camp. So, um, so yeah, so I had Lydia, um, on my list and I'll tell you, uh, I went and paddled one day at the spring camp this past, uh, spring and it was, uh, I think it may have been like one of Lydia's first times ever in a C2. And, uh, the, you know, where she has come from, you know, where she came from, the questions that she was asking, you know, on that first day to coming second in the women's, uh, in the Sobble, um, this year, uh, it's, it's crazy. And so I just think that she has a, a lot more potential in her, uh, she's part of that pack of the um, very, very strong Texas women. And, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, uh, watching Strava, I think she's uh, just got a new C, uh, C1. And I think that's going to only propel her even further. Um, you know, that's one of those things that I think that when people get serious and they get a C1, uh, it's definitely – look out for them to make a, 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 some improvement over the next season, because then they're not tied to um, having others to train. They can train on their own. And uh, I think that's one thing that would 
you know, like me personally, if I didn't have a C1, I would be in the very bottom of the. <laughs> I yeah, good it, luck. So. Nobody to paddle C2 with. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's 250 hours a year to two and a half. <laughs> I, uh, one of the things I noticed about the, the women in Texas is they really are feeding off each other to get better. So I think any of them, you could choose any of them, Molly, Lydia, um, Holly, Virginia, and Caitlin um, have definitely established yep. themselves. Shannon. Shannon, yep. Gwen uh, Hills is down there now. I mean, there's more that I'm forgetting, but they're just really pushing each other to get better, and that's so exciting to see. Yeah, yeah for for sure, for sure. Like, you're like, hey, you should add Cecily to your list. And I'm like, I should add all nine or ten of them to my list. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it, it, speak, speaking of which, we need to, we need a takeover, an invasion of Texas. Like, we need to all get together, go down there. I've caught wind of a Mac race that there's some Michigan people heading down there for. If any of you are interested in paddling with a bald, slow, middle-of-the-pack dude, like... Hook me up. I'd love to do that race. Rebecca, I think you're going to be the next person to go. Okay. So next on my list is Francis Trudell. Uh, it was super cool to see with uh, Classique being a little bit different this year. Um, just You see how the different teams shook out. And uh, Francis raced with Pio, and they were fourth at Classique, which is a big improvement for him. Uh they were, you know, right in there with a great pack um, all three days. And it's just super impressive to see someone improve like that. He's just been putting a lot of time in. Super great guy. Uh, I'm excited to see when we hopefully, it looks like, I think actually they opened the border up slightly um, so Canadians can come down here like today or yesterday. Um, but it'll be exciting when we can get together again and see him in some of the other races. But, uh, I was really impressed with how he did up there and, and hopefully that will continue into 2022. Yeah. I, I remember seeing Francis in, uh, um, in Canton, uh, a couple years back, probably 2019, I think. Um, and, and he caught my eye then. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, I definitely think he's, it, it, it's interesting with the Canadians too, because there's been pretty much two years of, uh, they're not being, you know, at being able to come over, you know, freely, <laughs> you know, uh, easily come over the border. So we haven't been seeing them in the, um, in the races in the state. So it will definitely be interesting to see what happens with that whole crew, um, come this next year. Ryan, you got our next one. Yeah, my, my next one is Zach Childs, um, young young kid out of Bay City, Michigan. Uh, he's been racing, I think, since, what, 2017? Um, he's got three marathons under his belt, and he he this year he finished 28th, and... and I had a lot of a lot of veteran paddlers tell me that um, he's definitely a young kid to watch for the future. He's got really good power, and he, and he's his technique has improved a lot in the last couple of years. And you know, having seen him race, you know, my impressions of him watching him in person, and he, he's he's going to be a really good paddler um, 
in a few years, uh, but I think even next year he could take a, a big leap forward. Zach is another guy that reminds me a lot of the trajectory of a, of a West Dean, right? Um, when he grows into himself a little bit, and the more that he does it, the better he's going to get. Uh, I paddled a race with him, oh man, probably two years ago, three years ago, something like that. And it's amazing to see how much further he's come from there. And he's not really in a dedicated paddling hub. If you think about Bay City, the, the Hewitts do a great job recruiting out of that area, things of that nature. Zach has came up and paddled people. Like, if you ask, he, he's here, right? He's he's willing to go anywhere to paddle with anyone in order to get better. And that's really what it takes. Yeah, and, and uh, I've heard a lot of you know, a lot of those veteran paddlers I've been talking to, uh, they compare him to Rick Joy. And I mean, that's, that's a heck of a comparison, heck of a compliment. That's a hell of a comparison, not a heck of a comparison. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, Rick's got the most top tens in in marathon history and he's, he's an excellent paddler and then to be compared to, to Rick Joy and, and that, I mean, I see good things for Zach in the future. Yeah, absolutely. How many top tens does, uh, does Rick have by the way? 26. 26. Holy crap. Mike did uh, the first race of the season with Zach, and he said um, Zach was just super skilled, and you could just tell he's been paddling since a young age and just has had some really good um, coaching. I know he's raced a lot with his dad, who I think, I believe they started out together. Um, yep. Like, we're rookies the same year. Um, but I think Zach's really picked it up. I, Ryan, his dad, has as well, but it's always super exciting to see someone that young really getting into it. And uh, this year, he he raced with Mike to start the season, Jordan to finish it. Yeah, that's um, quite the start and finish, right? <laughs> yeah, so I think he's catching the attention of the top guys. So I would definitely expect to see him moving way up the standings in the next few years. Yeah, speaking of which, we'll uh, we'll jump in right now to somebody else on my list. I You can't leave the guy off the list. Jordan Wakeley, right? Uh Wins the Salvador River Canoe Marathon. What more do you need to be excited about watching somebody in 2022? Who knows? Maybe he won't even paddle in 2022. Maybe he'll return strictly to mountain biking. But talk about a guy who has won it all and has room for improvement. Uh, Jay Wake got to be it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I remember uh, chatting with him at one point, seeing if uh, in in him not not doing the the seventy. I wonder if he'll ever go to the seventy. But the last time I talked to him about it, it sounded like it wasn't that he wasn't that interested on it, in it on it. But um, who knows now? Now that he's at the top, you know. Yeah, that I mean that has to change things, right? Yeah. Uh, when you're at the top of something, it, it just has to. <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, uh, so I, I come from a bodybuilding background and, uh, I remember, uh, um, there's this iconic movie, uh, every single bodybuilder, like you can't be a bodybuilder without ever watching it. It's called pumping iron. Uh, it was basically the breakout for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, it was a, what they call a docudrama, um, and it starred Arnold and there's, I could probably recite 90% of the uh, movie, and I haven't seen it in probably almost a decade now. But um, 
there's one scene in the, in the episode. Uh, they they're sitting they're tanning out in you know Venice Beach, and and one of his friends goes, "Hey Arnold, aren't you aren't you afraid of like Lou Ferrigno or you know they got to be hungry you know getting trying to get to the top of the mountain?" And he goes he goes. No, I'm not scared. You, you know, I'm not going to do an Arnold. Uh, oh, come on. Do your but... Arnold. Go <laughs> no, check it he's out. Like, he's like, ah, I'm not scared. I'm at the top of the mountain. He goes, yeah, but aren't the, they hungry? To Aren't aren't they, you know, the, the, the wolf, you know, that's climbing to the top of the mountain? Isn't he hungrier than you? He goes, yeah, but when I want the food, it's there. <laughs> 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 and so that just made me think of that when you're like, yeah, when you're at the top, then it's, you know, it's definitely a different, you know, conversation, you know, because yeah. when, when, when you want the food, it's there. <laughs> yeah. For sure, man. For sure. Sorry for the tangent. Anyone else want to make uh, some uh, notes on uh, J-Wave? I was more uh, taking notes on Pumping Iron, like trying to find it on Netflix there. Sorry. <laughs> I I was definitely impressed with what Jordan did this year. Um, he, were, you know, for having a lot of success pretty much in everything he does, um, he definitely was willing to take some coaching and then also really like figured out a race plan that would work for him and Matt and stuck to that. Um, you know, he thought about it ahead of time, how they should race, what they should do, kept his cool. Uh, and that, that's really impressive for someone. I mean, he's definitely raced, but there's been, you know, kind of years in between, uh, and it's, you know, not consistently at the, at the tippy top, um, just, you know, because his career is kind of spread out. Um, so I think there definitely is room for improvement there. I think Jordan knows that, but uh, he he really executed well this year. So that that leads you to think you know he can do it again if if needed. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it'd be remiss to talk about Jordan without mentioning Matt Mearsman. But when we had those two guys on the show, that that was just incredible. Listening to those mm-hmm. two talk about that race and just the whole season in general and putting together plans, sticking to a plan, et cetera. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to leave, leave Matt Mearsman, you know, out, out of the conversation as well, because, um, you know, he's at the top too. Yeah. yeah. I was, was going to talk more about these guys in my honorable mentions, but it seems mm-hmm. like a good spot to now. Um, in, in my opinion, any, any paddler mm-hmm. who finishes in the top two, especially of a triple crown race, I just automatically becomes a paddler to watch the future, you know, whether it's Jordan and, and, and Matt or returning champs like Andy and Steve or, you know, paddlers on the cusp like Wes and Weston and Mike and, and you know, anybody in the top two, they just, they're automatically paddlers to watch the future because, you know, they're there. Right, yeah. Yep, it just takes the just takes the just takes the right race for them to you know be on the top at that yeah. point. Yep. So. All right, Ryan, who you got next on your list? Next on my list was uh, Daniel Medina. Uh, I've been I've known Danny a long time, and I I don't know him as well as you know Rebecca, but I chat with him a lot. Uh, at the races and, and he's another one of those paddlers who just it seems like he he gets better and 
in steps. You know, his, his first couple of finishes were around 40th and 35th, and then his next couple were around 20th, and then his next couple were around 15th, and then his last two were around 10th, and it just seems like he's ready for that that next step up into the, you know, perhaps even top five, and, and he just keeps getting better every year, and it's it's fun to watch him paddle. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to correct you, though. His real name is Danny Paddle, not Danny Medina. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, it's part of Team Medina. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, go ahead, Kevin. No, you can go. You go. Okay, so I've had the opportunity, the, the great honor to race uh, with Danny at Classic uh, 2017, I think. Um and Danny is the most popular paddler wherever you go. Like, we're in Schwinnigan, and, like, we had a full-on, like, entourage tracing us down the river, just, like, screaming, go, Danny, go, for, like, every hour of every day, um, which is, like, you felt like you were racing with a local, even though, like, he's definitely not local up there, but he's a celebrity wherever he goes. Super humble about it, though. Just just a nice guy. Um but one thing I can say for sure about racing with Danny is he never gives up. Like you can tip over, like you can basically swamp, which is what we did. And he never like panics. He just, you know, well, he's in it right to the very second. And I can definitely say some of my most fun races and some of my best races have been with Danny. Um, so I know when he gets that opportunity to, to move up a little bit more, he's going to take it and do really, really well. Yeah, he he's been doing well in the Texas circuit too, because now he he's uh, being with with Cecil. Well, and he's courting the yep, yep, exactly. So he, he gets down there a little more often. Yep, he's a celebrity there too. <laughs> he's a celebrity everywhere. <laughs> I I I will say I don't know how many people in Florida know of him. So Danny, you gotta come and uh, race some of the Florida circuit. I got. You have a partner here if you need one. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll never forget a, a night a few years back, uh, hanging out with the crew, this, that, and the other. And I forget what the exact conversation was, but Danny looked me dead in the eyes and just declared that he wanted to be a champion. And it took a minute to set in where I was like, he's not, this isn't a joke to him. He genuinely wants to be a champion. I don't think you're going to meet somebody that works harder in the sport than Danny to try to get there. That's a, that's a good note to leave it on. Why don't we uh, keep moving forward? Um, we're going to try to not, not keep everyone super long on this. Um, but uh, yeah, so the next, next person on the list was on my list uh, is Katie Pack. We kind of, uh, Briefly, kind of mentioned her with the dragon boat because uh, that's kind of how that's how she got started in paddling, and she was at she did quite well in the dragon boat nationals um, with the Philadelphia crew, and uh, she has been making very uh, steady improvement over the past years, um, and I I think that she's really due for uh, a, a breakout. I think her ability levels at the um, Triple Crown um, is just waiting for uh, uh, um, 
the right partner to make a really big jump in the standings at the Triple Crown. Not that she's not doing a good job, uh, a great job, but um, I really think that in the next year or two, you're going to see her like make a substantial leap um, in standings. Oh, um, she's yeah, she's totally on my list as well, um, and should be on the list of people to proposition as well uh, yep. for that mixed record that I'm so desperately coveting. Um, the only thing that would stop me from like propositioning her is like. I'm team leap off the dock at Penrods in the marathon and she's team doesn't get the shoes uh, wet. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I might be able to overcome that because she's that good of a paddler with that long of a runway. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But like, see, this is what I don't know. Like uh, the, the, the OC one I paddled and I paddled OC one once and, and, it fills up with water in the bottom because they have like their, like it, the cockpit, like auto bells. Yeah. So like if you're sitting there, it fills up with water. So I don't know how she's team, you know, yeah, dry no, feet. No feet. I, I don't, yeah. we, I, Katie, I know you listen. I feel like we need yeah. an answer. There's more to this story. Yes. I, I have a feeling that Jeff is team dry feet. Ooh, <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> and, and Katie, like, unfortunately, when you're in the back, you can't really make the decision. Like, if the front guy is staying on the dock, yep. it'd be kind of silly for you to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Although, uh. pretty much without, like, it goes without saying that if Jeff DeFeo picks someone to race the marathon with, they're going to be an absolutely excellent stern. I don't know a single stern person who he's who he's brought into the, into the system that isn't amazing. Um, to me, Katie wasn't on my list. She's definitely an honorable mention, but part of that is she's already arrived. She's incredibly good. Um, she's definitely fighting it out in the C1 and in the C2. Jeez, I had one of the closest races I've had all year uh, against her in the nationals with a complete rookie. Like she was racing with someone who had never really raced marathon uh, dragon broke crossover um and they give us a huge run for our money so uh she's super impressive i i don't doubt for a second when i show up to can next spring um she'll be towing the line to win yeah yeah we, we we talk about the barometer of success in the the lj Derek garrett worlds of people who are racing rebecca in the c1 there's katie peck too yeah absolutely yeah and and also got to give her a shout out for her uh, brain dragon boaters with her. You know, uh, she's been uh, uh, she's been actively getting more and more dragon boaters to cross over. Um, you know, so I think that's good for paddle sports in general. Bill, what do we got next? Ah, man, this is um. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say this is the runner up for me on my list. I know we haven't like named anybody or put anybody in order or anything like that. Um, but it, it's got to be Matt Gabriel and Ryan Zavarall in the number two slot, even though we're not talking about orders and, you know, number ones or anything like that. They are my number two. Um, th this is a team that ran third in the marathon, finished uh, sixth in the marathon. Matt gets better every year. Ryan gets better every year. You look at this team. And you go, hmm, like what happens if they actually stick together? Like if they if they have that discussion, 
stick together, show up in New York next year, which is Zav's home water. You right. know, what, what do they do out there in the 70, you know? Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely seemed like a statement race by both of them this year. You know, and, and Matt, Matt's had a couple of prior uh, top tens, but, you know, he, he really turned some heads this year, starting in the front row and then, you know, running third and, and finishing, I think, sixth. Uh, it was definitely a statement race by both of them. Yeah, yeah, that's um, dark horse to win the whole thing. Matt, every race is a statement race for Matt. That's what makes Matt Gabriel so dangerous in the sport of canoe racing is that he's almost got a chip on his shoulder. You know, it doesn't matter if you're doing a training run or if you're doing the canoe marathon, he wants to beat you, right? He has to beat you. And that's dangerous in solo yeah. sports, man. That's what gets you to the top. I yeah. also had um, Ryan and Matt on my list. Uh, I Getting to watch the marathon this year, I don't know how often I've seen two people team up and race that gutsy, especially not having raced a bunch together beforehand. Um, you could tell basically right off the get go, like they were sitting in that pack with three, four and they're like, we are going to hold on here until we can't. And I kept thinking like, okay, this is like, they're not going to make it much longer. And they held on, held on, held on. And then even at the end, like the pain that both of them were in was like, looked to be excruciating, but they were holding on to that, you know, that pack they were in and, and they finished strong, finished there, um, in sixth place. And right. I raced with Ryan. He's just awesome paddler, just constantly trying to improve. I've never paddled with Matt, but he's, I've raced around him so much. And the jump he's made between 2019 and this year, um, is amazing to me with how long he's been paddling. Uh, he really has just upped his game. His skills are much improved. Um, now I would say, I would I would argue he's one of the more skilled stern paddlers in Michigan. Um, and he's just, he's developed this patience for racing, which I don't think he had before that's really serving him well. Yeah. Um, it, you mentioned something that the jump that he's made from 19 to 21, I... I think that's a big thing to point out here, right? Um, we think of uh, certain tiers in the sport, things of that nature. What people don't always realize is that when you get that close to the top, it is extremely hard to make that jump up to that next tier, wherever you're at. There's a there's a world of difference between one and two to three and just, you know, four, five, six, stuff like that. It's tough. To make that jump and he's did it yeah for sure and, and and ryan's been making a lot of progress over the past you know he he kind of jumped on the scene when was it uh, when was 2016 or i want to say 2016 is when he won the 70 with his uh dad uh in the amateur okay and so he went from not paddling you know, to doing that. And then now he's, you know, in the set, you know, sixth place at the marathon. Um, he's someone too, that, you know, is, is definitely, uh, put in yeah. the work to, to get there. So it, it's, they're, they're a good team to, to put together because I think they, they both are in this, you know, they both are, are, uh, equally talented and both equally motivated as well. Right. 
I think before we go on to the next person, I'm just going to wrap these guys up with shooter shoot, shooter shoot their shot, right? And these guys are shooters and they're going to see a shot. They're going to take it. Um, okay. That's, that's awesome. So let's go on to the next person. Rebecca, who you got? So I have Travis Mecklenburg. Uh, you guys probably don't know who he is because he's from Ohio and hasn't done a ton of racing yet. Uh, but I ran into him and his dad, Dan, at the Nationals in Warren, Pennsylvania. Mike and I are going out to scout the course. And I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I see someone paddling and they like they look really good. Um, and it was Travis in the bow with his dad. Uh, he's 18. Um, done a couple of the Ohio races. I think they're winning those. Uh, but went to the Nationals, raced, you know, a, around a bunch of really experienced guys and um, hung in there, pulled his own weight. And, uh, I mean, if he puts any time in at all, he's going to show up to one of these bigger races and really shock some people with how, how well he can do. Um, reminds me a lot, actually, of Westine a couple of years ago. Mike said the same thing just really looks natural in the boat uh and plus it's really good it's really cool to see um you know younger people paddling kind of all over the place um I, you know i think if if i were dan i would i would hang on to that as long as i could keep keep him racing with you but uh, just never paddled with him but just seeing him once that that kid's got a ton of potential and i'm glad to see that he was racing a little bit after that this year and hopefully he'll continue on in 2022 Saw his dad, yeah. When when I saw Mecklenburg, the the last name uh, stands out. Um, that's not a you know a typical last name. So I I knew the last name. I didn't know how he was related to Dan. Um, but that's uh interesting. Another another canoeing family out there. Um, Ryan, why don't you uh get us going with uh, someone that's on a couple of these lists? Well, I have Chris Isendorf. A uh, paddler from Texas. He's one of the three paddlers I mentioned um, when I was talking about Greg Zofi. One of the three paddlers who's gotten better uh, every year. His first marathon in 2016, he finished 24th, and then his last two marathons have both been third place. Uh, watching him in in person, he's got a tremendous amount of power. Um, if it can, you know, he, his technique has come a long way in the last couple of years. Um, he's he, a lot smoother. Uh, I, on my observation, anyway, he looked a lot smoother this year than he, he did in any other year uh, uh, prior. And, you know, he's he's just got a drive for the sport. And uh, there's been very few paddlers who get faster as a race goes on but he's one of them you know most um, you know most paddlers plateau or they get slower as a race but he's one of the few that get faster as the race goes on and it's just incredible (laughs) well it's funny because that um i was talking with uh um uh uh, virginia condi after the race um in the marathon she's and i was congratulating her she's like yeah this is kind of a short race for us you know we just kind of get going at this point (laughs) (laughs) the the the, the texans are tough that's that's about the that's about the best way to put it so the texans are tough and and chris is uh an extremely 
tough Texan. We're on my list as well. A uh, world-class athlete who is extremely tough. If the race goes on, man, if, if this thing was 200 miles, he'd win it all day long. Yeah. yeah he was, he's, he was on, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. oh he, uh, he's definitely come in um, willing to learn, hungry to learn. Uh, his, I believe it was his first marathon. He was with, uh, I think it was Clay Wyatt and they thought they were going to come up and get top five and they came up and uh, were, were beat by a women's team um, that I don't think that sat great with Chris. So he just decided he had to get faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, Chris is on my list as well. And uh, you know, he's just, a, he's another one of those guys that I look at that just needs the right race to, um, to, to, to get a win out of. And uh, also when I just like look at Chris, like if I had to build a, a paddler in the lab, it would look something like Chris. Um, you know, I, I think that he's, he's got the, um, you know, the, the physical characteristics that um, make him uh, a good, uh, good caliber, you know, good, good potential. Um, and a paddler, um, you know, uh, just, just from his, his size and everything. Uh, but yeah, he's just one of those guys that he's going to be at the top and, uh, you definitely want to be definitely when he's entered in a race, definitely look to see where he's finishing. So yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Um, all right, so I guess we have made it to um, now. We're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, unveil each of our uh, top picks um, for our list. Uh, mine is gonna be my. Uh, I, I I know Rebecca didn't stayed away from you know going close, but I I I didn't. <laughs> so mine is uh, my good friend Luke, um, who we had on the last episode. Um, won the the mixed in the um, in the classic, and he's just someone that I've seen just uh, from when I paddled with him in Gary's camp uh, years back. Has made steady improvement. He's just grinded up to the top, and I think he still has more grinding and room left to grow. Um, so I think that. He is uh, got a lot of talent, and I think that you're going to see a lot of big things from him in years to come. Um, he's also super humble, and he's just a great guy. So um, that's why he made the the top of my list. I was going to say I, I I know he's like high on your other types of lists. Have you tried to get him like locked down for Triple Crown race next year? I I tried to we were planning on doing the marathon together but he yeah. uh but he didn't um he couldn't get his vac- uh, vaccination uh in time his his second shot was the day after the marathon <laughs> wow so, so so you've already committed him to 2022 right you're like hey we're on this forward that's yeah, how you do I, that yeah i i went um, I, I bet you I will be towing the line with him at the 70, and he's probably one of you know um, my my plan is to race the 70 C1 this year, and uh, he is 
he came in. I think he came in. I think he came in third in 2019, but only by a couple seconds. Um, and I think it was behind Francis Trudell, if I remember correctly. I'd have to go back and look, but um, I saw like how far back. I think they were only like five minutes back from uh, um, uh, Rod McLean, and I was like, man, he just like jumped. He leaped, and for those that have never done the 70 in the C1, it takes a special kind of person to do that race in the C1. Um, And it is a great testament to a paddler to do that in the C1 because a lot of that race, you're sitting by yourself. You know, you start at uh, an earlier time than the pros, so you're starting earlier in the morning, and when you're out there, you are a lot of hours by yourself. And cause there's just no, you're just, it's just how, how it is. So, um, for him, he's done it multiple times in the C1. And I think that that speaks to someone's character when they want to, a lot of times I've, I've talked to people doing the 70 and the C1. They're like, all right, that's enough of that. And so, um, whereas there's other group of people that they, they feed on this, the 70 C1 and want to do it more and more. Um, and that's kind of how he is too. I mean, I remember the last time I talked to him about it, he's like, yeah, I'm, I plan on doing 70 C1. I really like doing a C1. And so, um, so I'm, I'm afraid. His finish with Sarah in the uh, classic moved him into the 49th spot in the NACPR. Yeah. So, and that's what, if you look at some of the results from uh, you know just the Canadian races, he's he's at the top now um, in those races. So um, uh, he's just he's 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 one of those guys that I think is at the top that just hasn't you know like I mean yeah he's he's he won the you know the mix and everything now he's there but um, you know I just think it's his time has been coming you know and uh, and so I think he's another one to really look out for next year right on that's great that's awesome man and you, you gotta ask shoot or shoot man just ask him right now <laughs> would you like to do come on luke would you like to do the marathon in 2022 there you go <laughs> i just committed you there you committed me. <laughs> yeah, exactly all right ryan who you got at number one man who do I have as number one? Yeah, this this whole crazy list idea was your idea. Thank you, but it's been <laughs> very fun, man. Uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to work out, but this has been great. Who's your number one? Carson Burmeister. He uh, he's got a very bright future. Um, he was the last of the three paddlers who has gotten better over his last five marathons in every race. You know, 49th, 28th, 20th, 15th, and this year, 5th with Pete Mead. And he's young. He's got, you know, high ceiling. Um, Talking with some uh, veteran paddlers, they see him as uh, being in the uh, podium finishes in the future. And, you know, he's he he definitely bursts on the scene with that top five this year. you know, going back and and I was I was trying to look um, what other uh, paddlers that had a top five with no prior like top thirteen finish, and he's just the fifth. Uh, Lynn Whitty in eighty four, 
Steve Lajoie in 99, Cameron McLean in 2011, Mary Schlimmer in 2017, and now Carson. Um, so a very impressive, you yeah, know, and, sure. and just he, he, he just has a very bright future. Yeah, I, I had uh, Carson on my list as well. Um, you know, uh, I think uh, he's very, uh, very nice guy and uh, definitely um, shown a lot of promise um, over the past couple of years with his progress. And uh, I think that he's just, he, you know, he still has more room to grow. Yeah. That's All right, Bill. Good way to put it. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I tried keeping my list a little like code names, things of that nature. I like number two right off the list and put some different people up and then changed them, this, that, and the other, trying to throw people off. My, my number one was originally listed on the list as Jake from State Farm. And Ryan was like, who is Jake from State Farm? And I was like, it's Jake from State Farm, man. But I think you would be remiss if you didn't have this guy on your list. And I think we all had him on your list. Jake Kroetzer. I'm going to butcher that name. Uh, but the guy that just showed up. Here he is. I'm here. Look at me. He's impressive, right? Um, to do what he did in the Spikes Challenge race. Um, to have the results that he had in the New York races, things of that nature. Um, yeah, absolutely. Number one on my list by far and away. I I'm very excited to see what that guy does in 2022. Jake from state farm. Yeah. Um, Jake was on my list too. And one of the reasons Jake was on my list is that he's so new to the sport too. And he's doing so well. Um, he's still in that, that room to grow in the aspect of skill learning you know he still has years to go to still build upon you know the basic uh skill uh skills of the sport um and he's just he's so strong he's just one of those guys that you could just by looking at him he he comes from a, a lacrosse he played a collegiate lacrosse okay and uh he has um when I first saw him, I'm like, dude, this guy's got some some beef to him. And now he's he's chiseled. Now I don't think I think he's now out of college, so now he's going to be you know even hitting uh, paneling even harder, and uh, kind of you know uh, coming down a little bit to be at a more like favorable race weight. Um, and, and I think he's just he's just got the watts, man. He just needs to put the the rest of the pieces together, um, you know, and it'll only come with time. Uh, so yeah, I they, think he's yeah. There, there again, who was it? Uh, I'm going to toss this thing to who was it that said something about it takes three years or something earlier. Was that was, was that you, Rebecca, or was no, that it was Kevin? It was me. It was Kevin. Yeah, it was me. Okay. It was yeah. It was, it was uh, Mike Freeze that told me that back in the day. So. Yeah, I've I've had John Cook, uh, the former marathon historian, say something similar. Uh, our mentor, unofficial mentor award is based on his statistical observation. It takes between three to five marathons for a paddler to hit their, start hitting their potential. Yeah, we, we usually say it's five years, like our group, but yeah, it's somewhere in that range. Uh, and I do, I think Jake was 
one that all four of us, I th- yeah, I think the only paddler all four of us had on our list. Um, I was talking this weekend with Shane McDowell, and what makes Jake even more impressive, if if there is such a thing, <laughs> um, he ended up deciding to race Stern in the marathon, I think like a couple weeks before. He was planning to race the bow with Mike, and uh, they kind of did a last-minute switch. So he had basically no time back there and just jumped in and 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 did a fantastic job. That that's amazing because the the Asabla is not an easy river to stern on. That's that's very impressive. Yeah, that's a it's definitely uh yeah. Now that you say that, I remember him. You know, a couple years back with paddling with Mike, paddling in the bow. You know, and uh, didn't even think of that. So that that's that's definitely interesting. Yeah, Pac-Man told me just watch out for him because he's going to be good, and I'm going to take <laughs> his word for it. And watching him, watching him at spikes and watching him in the marathon, I can definitely see why Mike, you know, Pac-Man said that. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Rebecca, bring us home with your number one. Let's wrap this thing up with the we save the best for last. <laughs> All right, my number one was Addie Rolls. Um, that's Ian Roll's daughter, for anyone who doesn't recognize the name. Uh, she is 13 years old. I believe it was her first water safari this year, but her and her dad won the mixed in the water safari. They were 11th overall. She's doing a ton of uh, Texas races, and in the shorter Texas races, they're competing with some really established mixed teams and oftentimes winning. Uh, I'm just floored. I mean, that race is long and I know people do it young, but I mean, she's not only just racing it, but she's competitive. Um, so I think the future is super bright for her. Uh, I think she's coming up at a time when there are so many good women in Texas. So not only does she have a great mentor and her dad, but also just in a great, great, uh, community of paddling women. And I think the sky's the limit there awesome yeah absolutely definitely want to keep a keep a watch on uh we didn't we didn't get so much into our honorable mentions or anything like that but uh if we're gonna go with the the young ones i you gotta give a little bit of shout out to dane trudgeon uh, yeah I, I think addy's probably the texas version of dane um not just racing but competing in the events if i'm picking up what you're saying correct Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Dane is, uh, Dane is super impressive as well. Um, for those not familiar with the Michigan, uh, seeing, uh, Dane is Mandy Trudgeon's, uh, oldest son. And he's just, he's doing his first marathon next summer when he's 15 with his uncle Weston Willoughby. So he's all pumped up about that. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm excited for them both, man. That's going to be great. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that wanna, was a it was a uh, great show. Yeah, yeah, f- for sure. Um, do you guys want to have uh, toss out any honorable mentions, or do we just want to leave it leave it at that? Well, my my honorable mention list is quite long, so we might yeah. <laughs> go way over time budget. <laughs> yeah, for I, sure. I narrowed mine down to one. Everybody do an honorable mention. I did mine. Mine was Dane. Okay. Uh, okay. I I've got one. Um, I I'm gonna pick uh, Ev Chamberlain. Uh, 
She's from Quebec, uh, one of the women paddlers up there. Uh, paddles absolutely beautifully. And uh, this year she made the switch up there. They typically start with the women in the bow, um, but she made the switch to stern, which is a big one, especially on that water. Um, and it was really impressive to see her up there racing, fighting it out every day. There's there's a lot of really good women up there, but that'll be my pick. She, she uh, she's gotten better because she's she's paddling my old C1. <laughs> ah, yeah, that must be it. I, I have no idea who she is, but does anybody know how to proposition people in French? Eve, would you like to race the 2023 marathon? <laughs> um, all right. Since since uh, Ryan's got a pick from a. About a list of thirty people. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a, a little screwy. Mine are gonna I'm gonna say outrigger paddlers um, as an honorable mention, and namely uh, April Zig, Zilg and uh, Rob Norman. And the reason I want to throw them out as honorable mentions is because um, they both dabbled in this past year into some marathon boats. So um, I. Th- and they're both very accomplished in their paddling disciplines. So um, if they do decide to, um, you know, take a full uh, a full jump into marathon in any of the the bigger races, I think that they're going to be, you know, uh, surprising a lot of people. You know, pe- you know, basically coming out of the woodwork. Um, you know, so that's why they are in my honorable mentions. And uh, I suppose out of the ones uh, I've listed, uh, I'm going to kind of mention two. Uh, Kyle Stonehouse, he seems like he's gotten really good the last several years, and he looks like he's going to be even better in the future. And uh, Jeremiah Menk, a paddler out of Minnesota, he's been steadily getting better uh, every race I've seen him in. And I hear good things out of the, the Minnesota crew about him, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him in the future. Some cool man, cool man. There's always one guy that's got to like break the rules, right? But your list was so long, I'll allow it. <laughs> he was okay. Um, well, uh, does anyone have any final remarks that they'd like to add in before we wrap this bad boy up? 2022 should be very exciting. Yes. Yes. Oh, for sure. I I think I might. Well, I can't paddle tomorrow. I, take that. I might actually start paddling again, man. It might be time. <laughs> you guys are getting me excited. Right. Yep. So uh, I, I want to make a note that, you know, uh, uh, this list is not even exhaustive. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that could easily be on this list. And uh, hopefully... Um, we will be talking about more different paddlers next year, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for the prospects of the upcoming uh, paddling season. Yeah, I would definitely like to do a, a a list like this again in the future and and focus on some more paddlers. Well, all right, that will do it for tonight's show, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, listening to it. And as always, share it with your friends so that way we get more listens. It helps our podcast out. Until next time, guys, keep paddling on. Keep paddling on. Right on. Thank you for listening to the CanoeRaceWorld.com podcast, where we love marathon canoe racing and aren't afraid to say it. 
be sure to visit the website at canoeraceworld.com. And don't forget to support our sponsors who make this whole thing possible. Until next time, keep paddling.